What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey into Comics Network. This is the Journey into Comics Podcast, the show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the Jimmy Chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. Today it's Journey into Comics 334. I'm back. Holy shit. I am your host, Nate, the Podfather, here yet again on your airwaves. But I do not come alone. Joining me in the multiverse of madness, my man in the middle, to the left, to the right, I have no fucking clue where he is on the screen right now you guys i'm so sorry this is bad planning welcome back podmaster brando thank you for having me nate good to be here dude glad to have you back on the show that i'm coming back on to that i was not here for god (laughs) (laughs) it's oh shit we've we're really doing it this time guys we're breaking all the multiverse rules but again brando we aren't alone because today we do have the the perfect team intact here as we are the three amigos one two three strikes you're out at the old dad game welcome back stepdad of the jicn my man tyler what's up my dude we're all in uh like ultra dad mode (laughs) you know like nate you just got off work a little bit ago i you know i worked uh an hour extra for free today uh no hold on wait time out what wait you worked and they're not gonna give you compensation probably not fuck that yeah i I would i don't care if it's for like a nickel you pay me that goddamn nickel yeah it's it's a long story and i won't get into that but like when i said we're in dad mode like brandon's got the look he's tired (laughs) i my eyes might as well be shut. You know, I'm tired. You just got off work. You're tired. Calm down, Nicole Kidman. Your eyes don't need to be wide shut. <laughs> all right. So, yes. First of all, I am, in fact, tired. <laughs> Bro. Okay. Uh, number two. Number two. Um, the reasoning for that being tired is a little bit different from you two. I didn't work today. I worked, uh, you know, I worked during the week and then I didn't work this weekend. However, you'll find, and I'm pretty sure we've all felt this at this point in time, that when the time comes a calling, after those kids are in bed, you got to answer that call sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, I answered that call. <laughs> You crossed said streams. Well, I answered the call knowing, knowing that Nate would be about 10 minutes late, thinking that I got plenty of time. Got all the time in the world. I got all the time in the world. Sean Connery told me. (laughs) So therefore, just about two paces right over there. Just about an hour ago. Okay, no, this is the greatest start to a fucking JIC. Now, here's the thing. I know I had to dad today, and I know I had to podcast today due to the fact of Nate being off work at the time that he was at and, and Tyler working and not working tomorrow unless, you know, Nate is working tomorrow. You know, so we like we had to try to find a time for us all to be here. And um, you had to get that ass. Hey, 
you know what? I had about a I, I had a window of time. And it sometimes was, a window is all you need, bro. It's all it's all I needed was that window. So now I've got my CBD vape right here. I've got my cotton candy sparkling water right here. I've been losing my voice over the last week, and uh, dude, I, got, I have been too. Is it the dryness in the air mixed I, with I how loud know. I have to talk at work? So uh, if well, my voice you guys know, crackles, go ahead. I apologize yeah. uh, if I need to clear my throat. That's why I'm going to be sipping on this water. Um, but yeah, I'm here. No. And uh, I'm in gear. <laughs> Boston makes Brando feel good. You know what? You know. Okay, so um, oh, my. I work with a guy. Tyler knows him well. His name's Will. Funny <laughs> oh, yeah. and great guy. And uh, I was working with him one day talking about Ghostbusters, and he said. I actually think the theme from Ghostbusters 2 is better than the theme from Ghostbusters 1. I said it. God damn right. Bro. And I'm like, Bobby Brown rocked that fucking theme. He goes, yes, he did. Yes, Man. he absolutely did. <laughs> so we're off the rails officially, and I could give two shits. This is amazing. We were at work the other day, and I'm in inventory, which is a fun job to have, especially when you're high on your, your mind, and you're just like in a room full of weed and you're looking at all this weed and you're just like, I got to give people their weed. This is great. You're like setting it down and whatnot. But somebody put on the Bobby Brown jam from Ghostbusters 2 and I was like fucking rocking out so hard. They did not know I jammed like that. <laughs> I was just showing them a whole other level because it was you're, I was just in the zone, man. Sometimes it, that's the best place to be at my job. It's fun to be in front of the customer. It's fun to be talking to people. But sometimes being locked in that vault away from the world is the greatest six hours or whatever a day. Here, so, a couple a couple days from now, Nate's gonna get like a uh, like an alert on his phone, and it's gonna be his boss. Like, can you please come to my office, please? And <laughs> you know, Nate's gonna open the door, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead and have a seat, and uh, close the door, please." And uh, Nate's gonna close the door and sit down, and he's gonna be like, "Care for you know a water or a smoke or whatever you guys do at work." Um, we can't smoke in the building. I appreciate the thought, but yeah, yeah. No, that can't happen. So, so Nate's gonna take the water, and he's gonna be like, "Okay, so, so uh, what do you want to see me about?" And uh, his boss is just gonna be like, "You know, um, I never thought that I'd have to have this conversation with somebody, but." Uh, you just you just rock too hard. Um, <laughs> we um we we saw the security footage uh, during the Ghostbusters event during inventory the other day, and um, you know we we have some concerns. <laughs> so the original okay, so Ghostbusters song is iconic, but that Bobby Brown gotta gotta take control is slapping, and I yeah. I instantly knew then that Will was the man to be best friends with. In fact, we just became best friends at that exact moment. And in fact, good. you know, just a little while ago, I in fact did have to take control. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's really funny. That, that's hilarious. But <laughs> it's okay. Composure. I got it. I got it. Okay. It's just really funny how ty explained the scenario at my job because he nailed it first of all my boss would absolutely walk me into the office and shut the door you didn't do the one thing he does though but that is perfect for this scenario because anytime i go into the office with jay he's always like don't worry it's not bad news this time <laughs> was said bad news and you didn't say it so you played the part perfectly it was great i loved it it was amazing um brandon's over there slimer in and uh having a, sl <laughs> having a slime time of his life it makes you wonder who in fact was indeed slimed tonight Ooh, oh man oh oh, oh okay <laughs> So, anyways, guys, uh, WandaVision. <laughs> we um, 
we collectively, uh, you know, like I said at the beginning, we're all tired. We're all in dad mode. And each one of us, as we joined the 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 call here, we all kind of said the same thing. Like, that episode of WandaVision this week was wild. So uh, it's probably a good thing that we went off the rails a little bit because – you know, there's there's some parts this week of this episode that are incredibly heavy. You know, the like with last week and and, and Nate is he said that he's going to give his uh, kind of play by play and thoughts on last week's episode since he wasn't here last week. But you know, there's there's some stuff last week that hit you, and it, you know, I said during the first episode, the first two episodes that that this is one of the the only shows uh in recent memory that that without a shadow of a doubt make has made me feel uncomfortable um you know and, and like most people in in 2021 we've all watched some questionable shit you know shows like black mirror and then you know thing things that are going out of their way to try and make you feel uncomfortable and then you watch something like this that you wouldn't expect and it totally takes you off guard and then when you have when you have like what appears to be almost an illusion of um you know the truth or what what maybe could possibly be going on and then it just fucking drops the bottom out of it and, and in, in reality you have no idea what's going on um you know i'll say it again i said it a week or two ago that i can't believe how much i'm enjoying the show because i didn't think i was going to this show is really becoming like appointment television. And I think it's strange when I definitely work with people who don't know about WandaVision at all and are completely out of the loop. And I'm like, this show is so good. You guys will be blown away. Marvel continuously hits it out of the park. We keep talking about this. Their track record. And especially as time goes on, especially as they fine tune the machine. Yeah, at this at this point, maybe it's not that they it's not the fact that they keep doing it. It's the fact that they have been doing it as long as they have. Yeah. And 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 and, and that's and that's kind of where I was going to go with it. But it's like once you've already built such an amazing foundation for this tower you look to build, there's nowhere to continuously go but up. And this show proves that. So just briefly to talk on that episode four, you had we interrupt this program. This is Monica Rambeau's, uh, you know, real coming out. And uh, we learn about her Geraldine character and how that comes to light and everything. We meet Jimmy Woo again, who is an Ant-Man and the Wasp. very few things pop my family. Ollie and V don't pop for a lot when we watch stuff. When V and I watched the episode four, she popped a couple times at some of the cool moments. But Ollie does not get impressed by shit because <laughs> he's a kid. And honest to God, and this is the only thing I really want to talk about from episode four because you guys definitely, I know, did a great job talking about it, but like, Jimmy Woo over the radio. Wanda, Wanda, can you hear me? Wanda, who's doing this to you, Wanda? I didn't tell Ollie what was going to be happening in the episode. I didn't t- say, like, oh, something's going to make you freak out or whatever. We just sat down and started watching after school the other day. And that happened. And he went, oh, what? Like, he was shocked because he got it. He understood, like, this whole world. It, it was all happening within the same moment and it was it was really really rewarding to see and that that episode was amazing like there's so many moments he also marked down a little bit when the blip happened and he kind of figured out that that's where we were kind of building in this story <clears throat> but now i'm over talking about episode four because we have so much to discuss in episode five you guys Episode five in this very special episode, which was the title of the episode. Thoughts? I I gotta know. What did you guys? Uh, I mean, whoa! Show me that smile again. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Um, family ties. Well, it was the family ties mixed with growing pains. 
like yep. because you had the family ties with the painting, and then you have like the 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 growing up family pictures, like growing pains, where it shows them as as babies, little kids, you know, teenagers mm-hmm. growing up. So we got baby vision, baby vision. <laughs> baby vision. <laughs> <laughs> that popped me. That popped me big time. I saw someone on Twitter is like they missed the mark of being able to show him like in his in, as, like as Jarvis, like Jarvis baby. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I like how we now that we had you know as I said last week, the first three episodes we were basically the viewer watching the show. Episode four broke down the fourth wall. Of their fourth wall, I guess, and now showed the background, the setup, everything that has been going on uh, that led you. And then, and this is why I guarantee you that they released two episodes in that first week. That first episode is straight up just a sitcom with one kind of moment. And then it's mm-hmm. the second episode that really leads you into going, hmm, strange things are afoot. That continues into three uh, tremendously. And, and, and then hits you with the big hitter, and then it tears it all down with four. And this one, we, we're right back to the sitcom. Now we're in the 80s. But then we also get that mix of both now. Now that we've established both worlds, we can pop in and out, and it's mm-hmm. not jarring. And I really liked how they how they were able to do that, because for a second, I wasn't sure if we were going to pop back out, if we were just going to be watching again. But no, we were in both, and I really feel like that helped set up future uh, story beats and this episode had a couple of what, what I really like about the framing of each episode, each episode almost has like a, uh, uh, a like, like, like a setup gag or a setup storyline that you would see in a, in a sitcom from that era that it, for, from which the episode is based. Like it's a, mm-hmm. you Typical know, tropes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you have the entertaining your boss and, and wife, you have the, the magic show, you have the, you know, Oh crap. Running all around, giving birth, oh, all that kind of stuff. And then this, this one, this week it was the dog. It was the dog. Yes. Um, but I like how they keep bringing that around because it, it feeds into that. Like she's framing this world now we are still unknown whether or not she is completely truly doing this on her uh, of her own will because beforehand they they were they, they were like sowing seeds to make it seem like you know who's doing this to you now it's seem, seeming more like episode four is weighing at home that she is doing this herself because she wants that that life she never got to have leave me alone who's going to stop me but and this is where I want to slightly interject into what you're saying. Her motives, and I think this is what we're going to find out as we continue deeper down the path. We didn't find this out this week. Her motives are not of her own volition. Her going and doing what she does, which we'll talk about, the decisions that are made and where we are in Westview right now are not of her own doing. And that's what's going to be the ultimate kind of twist, I think, in this story is like, oh, shit, it was not actually... Wanda she is just a pawn in an even bigger game and I think part of that is very true when you look at the duality of her character where some of her seems really innocent and shocked and confused when certain things in the sitcom world are happening even as early as in this episode with Agnes saying like do we want to take it from the top like she was looking to her for direction but in reality even Wanda didn't understand that they were in a TV show and that it's not real did when you, I think, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that um, one, the one aspect that has been building since the very beginning has been this reincarnation quotes. I'm, I'm doing air quotes of Vision becoming self-aware. That's something he definitely is isn't right. And this episode goes full bore deep into something isn't right, and we're gonna get there. But go ahead, Tyler. I was going to say, I, I, I think this episode, more so than everything else, and, and Nate started to allude to it, I think it is opening a window. We're not full-on blasting the door open, but we're giving we're giving you a glimpse of what could possibly be uh, some ulterior motives of some people that, uh, over the last couple episodes, have been painted as, as the good guys. Uh, you know, the first episode one, episode two, we had the commercials with with uh you know like hydra and things of that nature 
you look at the director and kind of his motives and and the history of shield and how shield morphs into sword and you know all kind of all these 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 things working together and it's to me that's too much of a coincidence um so i think in the next episode or two we're really going to see uh more of that brought brought to light so i got a couple things i want to throw your guys' way before we dive into the actual episode one is the hexagon shape. <clears throat> Couple things. First of all, the hex is actually the shape that, if you notice, those are the clusters when they travel uh, through the wormholes in space during Guardians and shit. Mm. When they're time jumping, it's the same exact shape. But more intriguing than that, the hexagon has one, two, three, four, five, and six sides. How many infinity stones do you think there are? Six. Six. Now check this shit out. Now I'm going to really blow your mind because now I've seen it more clearly. Those four commercials <clears throat> are two things. They are each going to show us one of the infinity stones. And I'll explain how that works with the toaster has the red diamond, which is essentially the mind stone. Then you had the time the reality piece. stone. No, 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 no. Trust me. It's it would be the mind stone. Like vision, it's it's mimicking something in the center of this piece. Okay. Okay. The second one being the watch time stone. The third is shaped like a cube, the tesseract. The fourth is a red liquid, the ether. Each of them also is reframing a trauma of Wanda's past. Stark killed her family. The Hydra fucked her brain up. Um, what were there? I'm, I'm missing one of them. But then Lagos is obviously where things started going wrong in Civil War, where everybody fell apart. So it's just really very interesting how they're putting so much ultra subtle on top of itself detail. And I think to some effect, we're going to understand why. I think really possibly we're going to learn that Wanda has a literal trauma and trigger from not just Thanos, but from the actual infinity stones because she is a part of them. That energy, she knows what she really can do mm -hmm. and, and it, and it, and it's fucking her up. Well, and there's always the case too. Uh, you know, she was created or she has her powers because of experimentation with the mind stone. But, you know, like Brandon and I talked a little bit last week, If you, her, all of her powers are red. She literally has the power of manipulation of reality. You know, it's almost like she's a living embodiment of the reality stone. Bingo. So it's, it's, you know, and that, that, that might just be flavor because they like to color red. You know, I don't, I, I don't know, but I've always kind of thought that was strange. Um now, 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 do you think that the equal and opposite could be uh, said and in, in also true for Captain Marvel because she was created by the Tesseract? By the Tesseract. So, therefore, mm -hmm. it's like, um, you know, in, in being a physical embodiment of the kind of power that the stones wield or said stone or, you know, whatever. It, mm -hmm. It's, you know, obviously the Tesseract was like that was a home for the space stone, right? Or. Um, right. Yeah. You, you know, whoop, you know, uh, you know, but then, but doesn't, doesn't not like her powers just seem like they go further than that. You know, like, yeah, like, it's like the powers. She's, she's like the, the living embodiment of the power stone realistically. So, I mean, it makes you wonder uh, if, you know, anybody else could have been done like, that, or, 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 or it just makes you wonder like these, if these stones weren't passing that on or if these people, could the stone like how many other people have been affected by by these stones and could there be basically a recreation of the stones and physical embodiment of people mhm mm ooh that's the uh, oh because then that asks the question of is that how technically speaking you could reintroduce infinity stones back into this existence because 
Thanos technically reduced them to atoms, which means they're so microscopic that no one can see them, but they still exist, so they technically can still keep everything according to the Marvelverse in order running because all six stones are still in place, just can't access them. Does that mean that somebody could find a way to wish those stones back? Or if they just got the people to be in the area that the stones were, they would power the stones? It's There's like a thousand questions I have. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure whether or not, like if you summon Perunga, if that would help or, or not. But um, no, it just, it, no, like it, like the moment that Tyler just said that about, about Wanda made me think about... Uh, about Carol Danvers and and all that jazz, because, especially since she's referenced in this episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We want to talk about her though, and also um, some little tidbits and hints that maybe some some other stuff that could be coming. But uh, guys, this episode, um, what I liked also about it, and, and we're obviously going to get to the spoilers here because we've already kind of alluded to but not really dived in so if you haven't watched the episode yet what the hell are you listening to us for go watch it and come back get the fuck out of here go watch the episode then come back but I liked I, I really liked how the episode was themed like so many sitcoms you've ever seen before uh, with, with the end the returning uh, uh, family member of sorts um, what I, I, I mean, you've seen that so many times, so many times you watch any old sitcom from back then cousin Louie or, uh, you know, uh, or just whoever, you know, um, uncle Joey's back, uncle Yay. Joey, um, family ties and family ties. It's, um, it, it, I, I believe it's his cousin and, and like, they, like they end up drinking beer or like, it's like a little bit older cousin. And like he just like, uh, like he's an addict or drug addict or something. It, it, and it's it, but, but like they come back in and it's always like really happy and and really awesome to see, you know. And then and then there's always some issues and problems. So, but interesting, uh, real quick, I'm gonna just slightly interject. They did a red herring. Well, not a red herring. They did a what would you call it? Like a false flag. They just like totally misled the audience earlier in the episode with what ends up being the ending when Wanda is sitting with Tommy and Billy and they start talking about her brother and they start talking about all these things and her past and she's kind of trying to find a way to like explain what she's been through mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's a sound that the dog is getting attracted yep. to and I thought oh god somebody's at the door that she's not planning for and it's going to be the shock moment and of course it wasn't because they swerve you at the end, and that was, man. No, no, it was absolutely great. I, I really liked um, Vision at work. Um, because he he keeps asking, you know, throughout the episode, Wanda, what's going on here? Why is Agnes acting weird? What are you talking about? Nothing's weird, you know. Why does she always have what we're looking for when yes. any problem arises? Always when she comes over before she's seen us. Exactly. Skylar Skylar is convinced that Agnes is is an evil. She's a baddie. No, I think Agnes is going to be a good a source of good because uh Ag Agatha Harkness, I think is her name in the comics, was actually the babysitter of the twins and plays a bigger role in the cosmic universe. So, could be interesting to have her like unbeknownst to her there or she's embodying Agatha or Agnes you know I but I really liked when Vision was at work and he freed uh, his name's Herb Norm I Norm think. Herb Norm one of those <laughs> some sort of very typical some boring office name some boring office name Norm from Cheers was there <laughs> Nerb. We'll call him Nerb. Nerb. Which I would have popped if it was actually Norm from Cheers. I'm just saying. But um in fact they haven't done Cheers yet. They we need to have like a bar scene where Vision sitting drinking by himself all mad and then all the people at the bar trying to cheer him up. Like it like well just imagine if you had like a whole scene where they got everybody from Marvel, like the like all the other Avengers back and they it's not real and he knows this is not real anymore, but it just manifests and there's Thor walking in, there's there's Tony walking in, or Tony's tending bar or whatever. 
And he's like, yeah, none of you are real. None of you are here. It's like, what are you talking about? We're as real as can be, you know? Dude, that just legit blew my fucking mind. That would be... Do you guys... That could... I mean, listen, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, I had to think about her name for a second there, Mm -hmm. but she said that there is a Luke Skywalker-level reveal coming this season. Did we just get it, or is it still coming? It's still coming. So he unleashes norm and norm is like she's in my head you know she won't stop talking i i, I gotta contact my family he's freaking I'm in out pain. i'm in pain she has my taken, dad's sick right yeah she has taken all these people and overwrote them to the point where like agnes is aware of it and she's just going with it norm is panicky and instantly when he like lets him back into it, he just goes right back into whatever's going on. Um, but assuming then, direct control. Yeah, assuming. Thank you, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also we go back out to the real world too, and and, and we're seeing some stuff going on, and um, there's the whole scene where they're talking about um, Wanda taking what's there and forming something new. The clothes that Geraldine was wearing is 87% Kevlar. She was wearing a bulletproof vest when she went in. When she got sucked into that in, into that world, Wanda... Vroom, Turned it into something that matched the world. Yeah. And... There, there was a line that was said by Geraldine that there was an aerospace engineer who would really love to see this or something like that. Reed Richards, motherfuckers. Very interesting little name drop. Now, who's, I saw somebody uh, post a uh, poll today okay. about who could play Reed Richards. Who do you John guys... Krasinski. John Krasinski. There's only one person. Because there was another name on that list that I liked. Sure, bring it. But if it's not John Krasinski, I can't accept that fate. They started drawing fucking Reed Richards in the comics like John Krasinski, for Christ's sakes. Let's go. But uh, Tim Oliphant, or Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. Tim Oliphant would be great. Yep. I think he would be fantastic. I just think he's too manic to be Reed Richards, not in an intel, not like in a zany, intelligent way. He's actually manic. Like, okay, you've seen Santa Clarita Diet. Whoa, see, see, but I might, I might like that iteration of Reed Richards better. I, yeah, but I totally made a joke and didn't get a reaction on either one of you. I'll, I'll go home now. I missed it. I think I'm. I said I thought he would be fantastic. <laughs> Get your corny ass dad joke. <laughs> like, God damn it. They're doing, we're just going on. We're just going to, no one's going to acknowledge that. I guess I'll acknowledge it. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> no, no. no. I, I think, I, I think, I John, apologize, Brandon. I've been awake for 15 hours. I get you, buddy. It's all right. I think John, I think John would be good too. But as, as soon as I saw Tim, I'm like, ooh. See, see, the thing is, is that I've always liked him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you ever watched any of Justified or uh, he was uh, the lead villain in Live Free or Die Hard. But then he also was in um, Santa, Santa Clarita Clary, Diet, yeah, Santa, Santa Clarita Diet. And it showed another side of him that, like, you don't normally get to see. He's fucking hilarious in that yes. show. And so. He's also, did you say Hitman, by the way? No, oh, he was also Hitman as well. A, a, Agent, yeah, Agent 47. So, no, he, 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 what I like is that he's multidimensional. But he still comes across as like the same boring tone sometimes, and I'm just like, to me that is such the anti Tony Stark, but still entertaining. Mm-hmm. Okay, because um, Benedict Cumberbatch as as strange Bender Snack Flitch and Snatch. Yes, as strange is definitely going to fill that Tony role going forward a little bit. Um, Hermit crab pineapple pump. <laughs> But even he, you know, he's over the top in his in his mental games, right? Like, even though he isn't, you know, even though he's played Sherlock, I still see a bit of Sherlock in Doctor Strange. 
You know sure. what I mean? Um, For sure. But like the only other two characters, in my opinion, that are close to Tony Stark, with um, within their mind, in uh, is Reed Richards and uh, uh, Osborne. So like, but no, and, and they're so v- drastically different from each other. Like I, I've always read Reed Richards as being a very just like stand up, very smart dude, and and it would in uh, either one of those guys is going to bring something new to that table to, because you're going to have to introduce something. Uh, but I think Reed, unlike Tony, who wasn't necessarily. Like, okay, sure, Tony unleashed Ultron. I fucking get it. Don't judge me when I say what I'm about to say. But, like, Reed is willing to take way more risks to save people or do shit that probably no one else is willing to do only because he's going to calculate it a thousand times, come up with the exact odds, and know more times than not he's going to be successful because that's how he works, and that's going to be what I think is interesting to see the risks and the pushing he does within this universe. I think one of the things that, that makes Reed Richards the same as Tony Stark though, is their egos. You know, you go, you go back through the comics, yes, whatever, as much as you want. He, he, he's not an egomaniac, but his ego gets the fantastic four in a lot of troubles where maybe his numbers were off uh, a decimal point or two, and then bam, now we have problems. Negative obviously, zone has been breached. Obviously, he has the brain to fix it, and 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 you know, mastermind the plan to get to get everybody out of the sticky wicket. But you know, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, Reed Richards is uh, a little bit more similar to Tony Stark than. Than, than you would normally think. And I, I think realistically, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because it's actually it's actually probably a good thing at this point. You know, we have a massive personality void left behind by Tony uh, with Endgame. You you know, obviously that, that void is partially being filled by uh, Doctor Strange, you know, and, and I we have talked collectively that that we hope he gets a little bit more of a, a center stage role going forward but you know i i think that realistically he's probably going to be um like shoehorned into cameo slots like he was in 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 you know in the infinity saga more than anything just because in comparison what do people want to watch more? Do they want to watch a Doctor Strange movie? Do they want to watch another Doctor Strange movie after number two? Or do they want to watch another one or two Captain Marvel movies? You know, I, I think Doc, I think the character is going to get overshadowed um, unless they're relegated to cameo positions. And I think that would be a good opportunity, especially if, if that's the direction that we're moving to introduce the Fantastic Four for a personality like Reed Richards, especially if it's somebody like Timothy Oliphant that plays the character a little bit dif- a little bit different, John Krasinski, you know, everybody's been talking about that for years because you've got your uh, Reed and Sue right there, right out of the gate, you know, just Legit. cast his mm-hmm. just cast his wife as as um, Sue Storm. Uh, Sue Storm, thank you. I had a stroke. Um, got you. It's okay. I say <laughs> I'm. I'm having a stroke. We are. We feel asleep. Yes. Um. My body's asleep, but my brain's not. Um. So I. I, I don't know. It, it's tough. I. I really. I really, really want to focus, especially with some scenes that happened in this episode. Again, on how uncomfortable parts of the show make you. You know when. When Agent Wu is talking about uh, when he's giving everyone the the briefing, um, <clears throat> and he's say, talking about how you know, in his opinion, blah 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 blah, and the director keeps undercutting him, and it's like he's he's saying it so like snide and and smug, and he's saying it in a tone and a way that 
how can you not fucking hate that guy? And it, it might be a massive redirect by Marvel, but I'm t- I'm telling you right now, live on air, the director of Sword is a fucking Hydra agent, no different than the director of Shield was a fucking Hydra agent. Saying I actually right think that the director of Sword is actually Mephisto, if not the neighbor lady to Wanda. Those are my top two choices, and I'll which, explain. The, which neighbor the, lady? Uh, the the not 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 uh, not Agnes, but the one the the one that cut her shit with the the blonde haired one. Yeah, when the the radio was going all crazy, I can't remember her name, but um, there was a there was a moment in this episode, and let's I'm gonna back up to back forward to this. So they say, and this is to back where we were, Brando. You know, what if we send something in that she can't change like what if it fits with the time and they go okay so they find an old 80s drone and they send that shit in and of course the director secretly has it attack you know set up to attack and tries to take wanda out which is a dumb fucking move he she literally could have taken out thanos and we actually get some notes on that in this episode but Especially then, with her history of her family being killed by by missiles. Yes, yes. thank you. I like. Yes. I also liked how there was that fan argument. Uh, like like the people in the show are like having those conversations that we the fans have about mm-hmm. dude. Wanda could have taken him out right then and there. Oh, but like, but Captain Marvel could have done it too. Hence, like conversations that 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 we have had, but also. Going back to what we said earlier, both of them were name dropped in the same conversation about being powerful enough to stop Thanos. Mm-hmm. Both of them have direct connections to the Infinity Stones. Interesting to note. So they send that drone in, try to talk to her. I like how she just drags the drone back out. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I was getting at is she drags the drone out and throws it. And then, you know, they're all pointing their guns at her. And it's like this, like, you know, uh, Maria's like, do not fucking shoot on Wanda. What are you thinking? No. She'll rip all of you to death. And this is a super brilliant, super classic villain move. The director has all of them point their weapons at him. So while he's controlling Wanda, who's going crazy and go, you know, getting mad they're fucking with her world because he Mephisto caused her to go there. He has all of his agents point their guns at him because it makes him look not like the bad guy, but it's so obvious, not the bad guy. That's where my first mind went is like, it's him. He's the one. So that's my thought. Super cool. Going back into the little, uh, you know, the town, that that that's when we see that the dog had eaten some some poisonous leaves of a bush, and then this this spot made me feel uncomfortable. the The boys, the the twins, who 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 by the way were babies and aged themselves up to be like four or five, and then mm-hmm. aged themselves up again to be ten because there's that whole thing where like a vision's like no no, no, no can't have a dog until like ten ten. Um. Um, and then like, just oh, like you want to do it, you know, and then, uh, and then they anamorphed into like 10 year olds, you know, <laughs> but, uh, Crazy. she's like, no, 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 do not age yourselves. And, you know, do not run from this feeling. She is trying to comfort them in their loss in a way that she is still dealing with herself and hasn't been comforted properly yes and also here's an interesting fact deep diving into the mcu wanda and pietro were 10 when their parents were killed and she did not want the 10 year olds to run from that because that's who made her that's what made her who she was was that pain and so it was very real for her to actually kind of reminisce on the old like where she did survive and get through the trauma and the and the like survivor's guilt and shit. But then here she like Brando said, she's not accepting her own fate in reality and fucking with the whole thing, which is super interesting. Also, the twins don't follow her rules, which is an interesting thing to note. Continue on. 
after that, Vision gets home and confronts Wanda about what she's doing. I freed Norm. Can, can, can we just take a second here to celebrate Paul Bettany? Man, he's the fucking man, dude. And now he is like the real journeyman of the MCU. He was in the first fucking movie and is still rocking it out. He's the only actor to have appeared in the MCU for in, in all three decades. That's crazy. Dude, I'm telling you, Paul, or he Paul, he's the first. Paul Paul Bettany, um, you know, I, I've said it about a lot of people, I think, but but really, if we're gonna break it down to, to brass tacks, like Paul Bettany is the definition of underappreciated actors in Hollywood. What what a casting that for Iron Man one to cast him as the voice of an AI, yeah. Jarvis, to then grow that character into vision and then the grow the vision character from that original inception because let's let's be honest we we were never going to get a vision movie but we but we got the original inception in in age of ultron then we got the stuff in civil war and then we got infinity war it's only three movies but that is why I'm really liking this show even more. Is is the first off his ability to just have fun with this with you know in those first few episodes where he's playing he's Paul Bettany playing Vision playing a sitcom dad, which is a which is a which is just so amazing. But then the unraveling of that slowly, as I said, slowly it, it, it's like you're slowly undoing the tie or the ribbon. And then this episode, the ribbon is finally undone. And then he confronts her. She's like, no, it's not. No, 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 no. Like, it's fine. He's like, it's not fine. It's nothing. He's like, I don't remember anything from two weeks ago before two weeks ago. I don't know my my life before Westview. when, When he says that he's scared. Oh, man. Dude, I felt that. Like... This isn't the same vision. It, 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 and, you know, again, round of applause for Paul Bettany for taking the character and now making him something new. What did the boy say when the when the dog died? You can fix this. You can fix death. Mm-hmm. And th- that the scene of them in the living room hovering up, like they're about ready to go at it. Oh, yeah. God. You know, just like the hair stood up on the back of my neck, dude. I'm feeling it right now because it was that good. You know, she's trying to talk him down, to does so success you know, successfully. And we're not out of the woods yet with this conversation. We're not even nowhere near undone packing, unpack then having these two characters unpack this and move forward. And that's when the doorbell rings and we get the right back to the sitcom world. And he's mad at her because she's like, I'm not doing this. And he's like, bullshit. He I didn't don't, say bullshit. Obviously. I don't believe you. I don't believe. I loved that. God. I don't believe you. Oh, man. It's just the character acting and just the in-depth togetherness. I mean, fuck, bro. It was special. It was It was really a very powerful moment leading up to that moment. And then they did the best camera work they've done so far because they totally tricked people even further. Like they threw the the fake reveal earlier in. Then when they're going for the reveal, the camera goes to the back. So you get this shot and you're like, oh, ATJ is back in the fuck. Wait, what? That's exactly what I was like, too. I was like, ATJ is back. What? what we're doing we're doing this fuck yeah we are doing this oh so to not fucking beat around the bush anymore evan peters quicksilver pietro maximoff appears in the mcu what we're in the multiverse now folks well and that 
takes me right back to something I want to say about Wanda because Wanda is a very special being. If they keep her powers true to the comics, she is a multiversal being, meaning that she literally is affixed in the multiverse and other multiverses sit on top of her. So she can channel them, which is probably what happened here, whether by her intent or by the grand chess player who's actually playing the game, probably, again, uh, Mephisto. Um, reached out into the multiverse, which she did, in fact, say that he was far, far away. When she yeah. told the boys, my brother is far, far away, and I just wish I could see him. And then it was this like, well, you got him, sort of. And now the question's going to be, and this is what I'm excited for next week, are we on the outside world? Because they haven't dealt with this yet. We haven't seen Darcy or anybody go, who the fuck is this or how the fuck? Are well, they going to figure the multiverse out? Or... They did say they did say they recast him. She they recast, Darcy said that. She, did did she just recast Pietro? Oh, that's what she said. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and so I remember months ago the rumors that Evan Peters was going to appear in the show, and so this wasn't necessarily a surprise. Uh, but that's okay because the way that it was done was just tremendous. But there was a bit of me, like just a twinge, the smallest, smallest of twinges that wishes it would have been somebody else. Like a totally, totally new Quicksilver? No, not even Quicksilver. For a quick second... As I'm like, all right, here's here's the reveal of 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 Quicksilver. I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, but what if it would have been Magneto? Oh, there, huh? You know, because obviously in the X Men verse, it is established that Peter Quicksilver. Kind of funny little take on that there, Peter Pietro. Um, we we know that he is. Uh, Magneto's son. Her parents were killed, and we know that in this. But like, but in the other verse, he was her father. I don't know. I'm just like, I, I don't know. I, uh, part of me just wants to see Ian McKellen again. Well, screen. I think we're gonna get a Magneto reveal for sure. Um, but I think it could be either a new casting, a recasting, or otherwise. Because one thing that's interesting, and I said this all the way back when we were talking about when Evan Peters first debuted as Quicksilver in was Days that of Future Days Past. Future yeah. Past, right? Yep. Yeah. So when he debuted in that, and then that was around the same time Age of Ultron was coming out, we talked about like ATJ had to die because we had a living Quicksilver that's in the Foxverse, a living Wanda in the MCU. That's their settlement. That's how they're going to work with this. We each get one. But now you don't have to play that bullshit anymore, and it's really cool that instead of it being a different recasting or even ATJ, they're bridging this world, and I'm really hopeful that we're going to find out a logistical reason why he's there and hopeful that his character is not just a town person that has found their way into the town randomly, you know, and is it is actually Pietro, like proper. Like Wanda is really Wanda, Pietro being really Pietro. Diving in, because we know that this is going to affect uh, things, you know, in two other movies, you know, and... Uh, it, you know, Tom Holland doing an interview recently had to skate around the fact of the question of the other guys appearing in the movie, which he did so tremendously for especially knowing the history of Tom Holland and spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. But, uh, you no, know, we we already know that shit's going to be messed up. And, you know, I believe was it last week that I talk about um, uh, J. Jonah Jameson? Was that last week I brought that up? Multi being multiversal. 
Yeah, like basically in Far From Home, we've already experienced the multiverse. We just didn't know it yet. Correct. Um, but that that could break down even further into that movie, and then you know, there there there's a big feeling, especially now, especially now with the it being legit that you know Evan Peters Quicksilver is here, that we're going to be getting more mutants in Doctor Strange. There's a rumor persisting, persisting. I've seen it over and over again about Hugh Jackman. Sign me up, but it won't happen. No. There's been a rumor pers- uh there was the interview with uh with with Patrick Stewart who said he had a sit-down meeting with Kevin Feige. We went great, fantastic. But he turned down a but he turned down an offer to appear because of what they did with Logan. They're they're doing stuff, and we're gonna get yeah. stuff. I'm excited to see what comes more with the show. I believe what we have uh, f- four episodes left now. Yeah, it's a nine episode series. Yeah. yeah, so we have four episodes left of Wandavision. The I did like how this week was a little bit longer because it definitely tied into the idea. In fact, that um um that there was some 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 growing contention between Wanda and Vision and I don't think that's going to necessarily go away. It's only going to fracture further. Dude, and I'm and I'm telling you too, I I don't know if you guys have seen uh the this week's WandaVision promo but with the Halloween stuff and uh you know some of the scenes that they kind of tease for for the next couple episodes. Shit's shit's just going to continue, I think, to get more. Uh, we're going to get more layers, but maybe not more information. I think mm-hmm. I think the plot is going to going to legitimately thicken in a way that 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 continues to be great. Um, you know, I, again, I'll, I think I'm at this point going to say it every week. But what what a pleasant surprise, you know, to start off 2021 with with something. That's this that th- that's this top notch, you know. I didn't I didn't think that that um, you know obviously I assumed it was going to be good, but not not of this quality, not you know it's 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 almost like watching a like an actual good like uh, like mystery cop drama, you know what I mean. It's, thr- like, it's kind of got a thriller vibe to it. Yeah, you've got you've got all the sitcom stuff, which you know, for nerds like me, I I enjoy that shit. You know, um, it's it's a perfect like merging of genres. Uh, Absolutely, it's a, it's a good mashup. It does. Sort of it hits for. everything. It hits every beat perfectly. One of my favorite things, and it's so subtle is in and out between the wall they switch between the full screen and the five, the four three like I fucking love that so much and also sometimes the score is subtly like doing little string pulls with the screen changing which creases the tension so much like there's so many parts of this show that are great and to see them again they're doing this with WandaVision we know all the other shows they have in production. How many people right now are just like, fuck, I got a lot of Marvel to watch in the future. I can't miss Captain, uh, what is it, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I can't miss Loki. There's no way I'm missing She-Hulk. I can't miss Miss Marvel. Like, all these shows, they got a new Wakanda show coming out. We didn't even talk about that. Like, that's a thing. Ryan Coogler's doing it. Like, they have so many good fucking shows that I didn't even, they haven't even put anything out for them and they're already the best show ever because of what they're doing here i saw know? a thing i saw a thing this afternoon that a uh agent Wu tv show is being, pitched. being pitched yeah it's officially. being pitched well, right now listen the darcy womance that people are fucking talking about and just having them as like the super team x-files type thing I'm here for it. The world is here for it. Do you remember the three guys from the X-Men that were kind of like uh, uh, kind of semi-occasional guest appearances where you had like these three dudes that would show up and uh, they would kind of have their adventure and then they got their own small little series for like a minute, but it never got really picked up. 
I can't remember who or what they were called, but they were in the X-Files, and it was like the X-Files, but it was funny. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys remember that. Oh, man. B would know. I could yell for her if you want. I just remember it because it's like three dudes. One guy with like long hair. It was like in glasses. I, I just, it's been so long since I've watched <laughs> X Files. I don't remember what their names are, but it's like these. My super tired slash high dead ass was sitting here thinking you said X Men, and I was thinking of the animated thing, and I was like, wait, the X Men show had a spinoff? What? I missed that. And then you said X Files, and I was like, oh, I'm just dumb. No, dude, this episode was great. Um, Off topic, the only other cool thing that I have to say is that, uh, so my kid loves Teen Titans Go, and he wanted to watch the movie. And I've seen the movie once before, but I kind of was in and out. And there's a neat little um, uh, Easter egg or, uh, you know, because Batman's chasing the Teen Titans. And the Batmobile blows up, and now he's on the motorcycle. So it's like Dark Knight reference, right? And then the motorcycle blows up, and now he's on a scooter. And then the scooter blows up, and now he's on like roller skates. You know, still chasing him. You know, Batman's persistent. And then the then the roller skates blow up, and now he's riding Alfred. And Alfred is just running and carrying him. <laughs> Brandon, I uh, I did the R and D department. Um, that show is called The Lone Gunman. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lone Gunman. The Lone Gunman. Melvin uh, Froke, John Fitzgerald Byers, and Richard Langley, a group of investigators who run a conspiracy theory magazine. Yep. They had often helped FBI Special Agent Fox Mulder on the X-Files. Thank you so much. Those guys. Because, see, like, X-Files always had, like, they had, they had always had this weird, sometimes amalgamation of styles where it was that... Uh, suspense thriller stuff but then occasionally it would be a little funny but then when these guys were in there it was completely tone shift where it was just it was like off the ball bat shit funny and then you have just Scully just like <laughs> like that for the whole thing because and because Mueller is like uh, he's just in like entertaining these guys and, and, like, and like their wacky ideas <laughs> because somewhere there's a, there's a kernel of truth in there so no, great stuff. And that that's exactly the thing that I think of when I think of an idea of a woo and Darcy type show where you would have like, here's this thing and there's just something serious going off here. And then their thing, they deal with some serious stuff, but literally it is just, just kooky and filled with their weirdisms. Like, do you want a chip? And she's eating baked lays of all things. Gross. Delicious. I think, I think her <laughs> completely. <laughs> I think I think their show would be a good like a good version of the show Bones. Yes, yeah. Like like just think of the show Bones but good. But good, yeah. Fringe, yo. Fringe was dope. That's it. You guys are dying on me saying Fringe is dope, huh? I I I I'm I'm for once I'm not going to comment even if I haven't I haven't seen Fringe. And oh. normally I would be like, it's it blows. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 to start conversation, man. Like normally I'd be like, yeah, it fucking blows. And then you would tell me all the reasons why it didn't blow. And then I'd be like, all right, man, it's cool. It's worth it's worth watching. You convince me. But now but, it's just we're beat. It's time to go home, boys. It's Let's a, wrap this yeah, shit up. I'm fucking tired. Same fam. Same girl, same. How long did we go, Brando? What's our show length? An hour and three minutes. Oh. Not bad. That's no. a good time to call it. So it I'm going to do the pluggies and stuff like that, folks. As always, you can check out the Journey into Comics podcast and all the other podcasting platforms. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Get that on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, CastBox, Podbean, many others. Just search JICN, like I said. Also, get us on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. Get us on Facebook. Like that page. Get the video on Sunday night. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Go to Game Addicts, get their awesome podcast. Check us out whenever we're doing stuff. Also, Brandon, can I officially tell people they need to check out RankEmAll.rocks, baby, because we got a new show, motherfucker. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Check out RankEmAll.rocks. 
the website. We go check it out. We're on plat- podcast platforms and as well as YouTube. Like us on Facebook. A lot of cool stuff and interaction going on over on Facebook. And yeah, you know, the, our journey has just begun over there where we are ranking and, uh, and reviewing some of our favorite bands and artists, starting with the Mighty Metallica. And this week it's the. Go ahead, Nate. I'm sorry. No, you go first, Tyler. This week it's the greatest Metallica album. Fucking ride the lightning, babe. <laughs> you heard it from Tyler. And at the end of this week. It's going to be another amazing album. Yeah. Master of Puppets. Absolutely. The second best Metallica album. Okay. Well, we'll see when we're done ranking them. Ha <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Unless Brando or TY have anything else they need to add today. I think that's going to do it, folks. For Journey into Comics, 334, whatever we're going to call it. I've been Nate. I've been T.Y. I've been Brando. And as always, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys. Later.